Arsenal fan singing, you know, oh, yeah, special. I yeah, yeah. I, I forgot what it was actually. It was um, but yeah, fans uh, have been really. We, we lose every week. We lose every week. You're not special. You're not special, right? Special. Yeah, you're all not special. <laughs> we lose every week. <laughs> I mean, that was great, like, to be honest. Yeah, and Liverpool great. fans are going to have to have top-notch banter for for Benitez for sure. Yeah, you know, but yeah. it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. Hello and welcome to a recording of the Alan Jerry Football Podcast with me, Jerry, and my buddy Al. What's up, guys? How you all doing? Hope you all are doing well. Wonderful week of football. And was it a red card or was it not a red card? <laughs> yeah, lots of talking points. Huh? It looks like VARs become sort of stepped into the limelight a bit. Huh? Yeah. yeah, I mean... Lots, lots of talking points. Definitely lots yeah, of talking points. We'll yeah, be getting yeah. into that later. Definitely. definitely, definitely. I think three weeks of football has already given us so much of talking points, I think. I don't know, Ladi. I hope the Mamaks will open so that we can go have things. Yeah, I know. And then know. just have a chat. We could do like a recording at the Mamak. How fun would that be, man? And, and just as things were warming up now, we have the international break. What? Say what? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but there's always other stuff, guys. There's F1. There's... Yeah, yeah, Let's hope it doesn't rain next week in Zanport. <laughs> but yeah, la. I guess I, I will start with the first game. You know, it seems like... I don't know. I don't know whether Pep sort of decided to have a training session, man. They should have got some cones out, you know, got some bibs, maybe put the Arsenal team in some bibs and... <laughs> um, well, are you, I'm not too sure. I, I, I saw I saw a City first eleven play an Arsenal under eighteen. You watch the same <laughs> thing there. It was boys versus men. Seriously. Yeah, I, I I don't even know what to say on that actually. So we'll just get into it. Obviously, over the weekend, um, first game of the week was Manchester City against Arsenal. City five 0 victors over Arsenal really put them to the sword in that aspect. I'm just going to read out the stats here real quick. I don't think I need to say much. I'll just read out to you the Arsenal City stats. Oh. 25 shots compared to one. Arsenal's one. So yeah. City, 25 shots. Means. Arsenal had one shot. 81% possession. 81% possession. 19% possession, 19% possession for Arsenal. 757 passes for City against 185 for Arsenal. 185? Yeah. Goodness me. And, and even with the 185 passes, passing accuracy was 67%. City was 91%. So the only thing Arsenal led in, I mean, in the stats comparison over here is fouls and yellow cards. <laughs> I mean... Despite despite how the game the game turned out, I think Jaka's red car was definitely the turning point to the match. Yeah, but I don't point, think yeah. it should have been eighty one possession. I it seems like oh, like they're not playing for Ateta. I mean, I don't like to say this because like, as a professional, like I've heard so many professionals say, despite their relationship with the manager, they still go and put hundred percent for the badge. And I I think that should definitely sort of be the the case here but they, it didn't seem like they were playing for him but kudos to United, uh, to City I think City had a great performance um, Jesus on the wing again really like really a trap oh terrific and um, yeah but if Gundogan is having a free header like in the box against like your defence I think 
It's definitely no, something, something is definitely wrong, there. isn't it? I'm not going to take away the performance from City. I think it's a great performance all around. I mean, attacking-wise, they were so threatening. It didn't look like their defense had much of a job to do. Edison was literally strolling out the box, like spraying bosses left, right, center. So, I mean, pretty conclusive victory, but I, I don't know. I, I just don't see any fight at all. I didn't see any fight in the game. And I guess the, the talking point here was Jaka's red card. Uh, just quickly, Al, uh, definitely a red card, right? I mean, you can't go into footed like that, lah. Starts off the ground. Some of his like starts is off the ground. Yeah. No, yeah. definitely with the way the game is today, I mean, there is not even a debate, you know. And um, you see, again, I think in looking at Arsenal's team, probably Shaka is one of, if not the most experienced player on the first eleven. For him to do that, you know, it, it, it's just diabolical, just suicidal. And, you know, you're mentioning all those stats here and I think we've gone a lot of weeks talking about Arsenal. And honestly... Those stats really are just referring towards the coaching and the coaching technique on those players. And it really doesn't look good on Ateta. I mean, I, I, was, I was watching this game. I'm going into this game. I'm thinking, okay, like, at least Arsenal is going to put up a little bit of a fight. Like, they had a 6 new win in midweek. You know, morale must be high. Or at least, you know, they might be up for the game. But from, from minute one, I thought City were in control. The early, goal, the early goals came... And even, even before the red card, I thought, I thought looking at the way the game was panning out, I think City, it was clear one team was going to win the game, you know, early on. Yeah. I just yeah. don't know what, what to say for Arsenal. I mean, you know, obviously, a probably relegation talk is definitely over the top, especially, you know. I mean, we all know that. But, you know, the way it's looking, it's like there is no way out. You know, they couldn't play from the back. They... Yeah. they those in front also also the team there just just to mention the team there cedric didn't have a touch in terms of i think yeah. I, don't, I think he hardly even completed a pass so i mean i'm not going to mention that too much but kolasinac players like kolasinac playing center back you know i mean he it seems like he doesn't even want to be in the club and that's like poses yeah, big questions also also al just to before we end on arsenal i just wanted to mention just now seeing um so Ainsley Maitland-Niles, right, he's been on the bench for the last three games. And obviously, he was loaned out to West Brom last year because he seems like he's surplus to Arteta's requirements. Seems like Arteta doesn't really want him. But obviously, he's been kept this season. And I, I don't even know what the plans is with him. But he actually came out with a post on Insta just a few hours ago saying that I want to go somewhere where I can play, somewhere where I'm wanted. He said, please, like, send me somewhere where I'm wanted. And he um, tagged Arsenal in his post. So he was like publicly calling out Arsenal. I mean, in my opinion, this kind of stuff should be settled with the club and the player personally. I mean, it shouldn't have to come to a point where your your player is sort of like publicly like asking you to like release him, you know? I mean, it's just not really going to do the team well right now. And I think it definitely, some management, it definitely points to management. No easy way to say it, I guess. I, mean, I, the, I think the only way, I mean, the only way out of for Ateta is, is that if he holds his head high and just say, I'm going to have to resign. I mean, you're yeah. right. You're looking yeah. at all of these problems. Honourable thing to do. Yeah, honourable thing to do. And looking at all of these problems. I mean, we, we've been speaking about Arsenal. But I think City, City were just class apart. I mean, we were talking about Harry Kane, Cristiano Ronaldo. 
do they really need this kind of players? Seriously, I mean, you looked at how they were playing, you know, and Sterling, Sterling didn't even start the game, isn't it? Sterling didn't start that game. And yeah. he came off yeah. of the bench. And I guess you could say Jesus opened up the wings. <laughs> opened up his wings. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he parted the Red Sea, except this time the Red Sea was not even a sea to begin with. You know, there was nothing to part, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, Just so basically it, strolled, it, strolled, strolled yeah. down the wing. He had a little stroll yes. down the wing. But, but yeah, Gabriel Jesus, you know, fantastic. Fantastic Definitely something play. to look out for this season, I guess. Oh, we, we is could he be a winger? Could he be, you know, what City need on the right? You know, we've we've been seeing seeing him play as a striker and perhaps not so prolific, but on a wing, whole different story, I mean, he's different story altogether on the wing. Fantastic play all round. I mean, look at him, you know, con, you know, handling the play, putting the balls into the box, and of course, granted, Arsenal made it easy, la. I think we cannot take away still the performance from City. Yeah. I think yeah. They, yeah. They were... Obviously, they will be tested definitely, I think, in the yeah, weeks to come. Yeah. And this thing we will see. But for now, I think FPL wise, I think Jesus would be a good choice in the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, City, I always think this. I mean, if you look at Manchester City over the last couple of seasons with Guardiola, when you play against this sort of teams, teams that cannot soak up the pressure. Teams who play with a low block, these kind of teams have no issue. I think Man City can can finish them up very easily. It's your Chelsea's that play counter attack. It's your Spurs we saw in game week one. It's even your Man United's, your Liverpool's. These are the real tests that I feel that Man City are gonna, you know, gonna have to really weather teams that actually really take it to them. You know, yeah, for sure. punch for punch, fight for fight. You know that kind of thing. But th- I guess that's where. That's where the real test will come from. Yeah. Yeah. I guess moving on to Liverpool and Chelsea. Uh, uh, what do, what oh, do you what, think of the game? Oh, Liverpool-Chelsea, what a game. You know, seriously. Match for the new Oh, man, I tell you, fantastic <laughs> game. You know, I... Okay, let's, 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 let's hold our praises because obviously the red card... And, I, and I'm going to get your ideas into this, right, Jerry? I mean... Yeah. Before we talk about the game and the Van Dyke versus Lukaku, the tactical game all round and all of these things. Okay, I'm going to put it out there. I don't think it was a penalty. I don't think oh. it was a red card. Okay. Wow. I, big I, shot. Oh, oh, controversy. Controversy, guys. Yeah, controversy FC. But then I'm just thinking about <laughs> it to say, I, I thought that the ball hit his tie and then it hit yeah. his hand. Now, of course, of course, some angles don't help his case. I yeah. thought that the referee was also very quick to his decision because the referee froze the monitor. I mean, those who were watching the game, he went to the VAR booth and he froze the monitor where the ball was exactly hitting the hand of Reese James. Like freeze frame like that. Yeah, it's like a freeze frame. Now, again, again, of course, this is a 50-50 call. I mean, it's, it's definitely not one of your... Totally not a penalty, but I'm just saying, for me, I thought it wasn't a pen. And perhaps even if the ref would have given a pen, I thought a red card was extremely harsh. You know, given the circumstances, it wasn't a Suarez 2010 sort of a World Cup sort of a situation, you know. It wasn't like that. And it was really harsh on Reese James. And of course, talking about that red card, that red card changed the game completely. You know, I thought... 
again from a neutral perspective like you mentioned just now i thought if the if if there was 11 v 11 i think the game would have been much more open for both teams that is i mean second half it was clearly one team wanting to attack and the other team just wanting to soak the pressure mind you they did it very well but i thought the red card in a way spoiled the game a little bit now i mean it was a fantastic game until the red card i mean it still is second half wise if you're a if you're if you're if you're into defensive football and you know the, the art of defense, which I'm sure is definitely a skill to the game, but nineties the... Italy agrees. Nineties Italy yeah. like gives <laughs> yeah, you a thumbs 90s up. Nineties Italy Giovanni Trapattoni yeah. will say, "Oh man, that is just <laughs> you know <laughs> he'll be watching that out all day yeah. long." But but yeah, you know I I I must command Chelsea. You know before we talk about Liverpool, I must say that over the course of two halves, given the circumstances, I thought. They took the game to Liverpool, you know. I thought that so many honourable mentions. I thought Jorginho had a very good game. N'Golo Kante had a very good game. The defence, of course, without mention. If I'm Lukaku and Van Dijk is one of those cases where you get a boxing match and the, and the match goes right up to round 13. And I would say that Van Dijk edges a little bit. I thought he was, the, he was better of the two. I thought that he... I wouldn't say pocketed Lukaku. I think that's a bit too far. But I thought he had he had severe control over Lukaku. Probably team. he didn't pocket him. Probably had him on a leash. Huh? Yeah, probably had him on a leash. Definitely. Took him for a Took him for a stroll. Matip was Matip was also decent as well. Matip was yeah. solid. You know, I thought, yeah. I thought both of them. Lukaku had his moments. If you realize, he 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 turned Definitely. Matip one point of time, and Matip was on yeah. the ground in the first. He, he I think there problem. was a few times where his hold-up play caused problems. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. He did. But on a whole, I thought he was really good. Yeah, I, I, I said like Van Dijk and uh, Matip, the both Matip, of them were, yeah. were fantastic yeah. for Liverpool at the back. I just think that coming to Liverpool now, I mean, we, 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 I think it's very clear that Chelsea's aspirations are, are definitely there to be seen. You know, they're yes. they're here to play. Like. They're here for the big, for the big games. Like, you know. But Liverpool, on the other hand, I thought second half-wise, creativity was a little bit of an issue. You know, I thought that in looking at Chelsea, Chelsea pretty much were, were there happy to take the draw, right? Or rather to, to, to nick one at the other end, which obviously didn't happen. But, you know, I thought Thiago could have came home a little bit more earlier. You know, one of your most creative players, perhaps, on the bench. Um, Henderson and Fabinho... I thought they had more or less an average game, had their moments as well, but average game to me. And yeah. um, I mean, I mean, I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, I, I, I think that for a neutral perspective, on a whole, the 90 minutes was an enjoyable game. Um, second half wise, Liverpool, I thought, could have been a little bit more creative. Thought that um, things were very much under control. You know, Antonio Rudiger. Really, really professional performance, and of course, not to mention Thiago Silva as well. Yeah, given his yeah. age, given his experience, I mean, you expect you expect from someone like a player like him. But you know, what are your thoughts, Jerry? Firstly, I want to know: Do you think it was a red card or not? Do you think it was a pen or not? Uh, okay. So I definitely think it was a penalty, personally. So I'd have to disagree with you there. Al. Sorry, I think this monument. Okay. No, 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 I think first. First disagreement on the in in the house. <laughs> no, but definitely, I think we we'll, we we'll, we we'll, we we'll, we will keep it we'll keep it real, I guess, in that sense. But yeah, I do think it was a red card, purely because, let's say, it happened anywhere else in the box, 
maybe it I'm sorry, I, I do think it was a penalty because if it had happened anywhere else in the box, maybe it would have been a bit suspect, but this was on the line. And I felt he had moved his arm. Whether unnaturally or naturally, he had moved his arm sort of to block the ball. So I think if you sort of move your arm forward, especially if your hands is not in an unnatural position, I guess, um, it, didn't, it did seem like it was a penalty. I think it, it definitely would have caused more controversy if, nothing was awarded but i definitely feel the red card was harsh for sure i think that's where the pl effort ought to check the rules a little bit maybe because if you're going to send off every player for a red card in the penalty box it's going to be pretty unfair because i think majority of the calls also majority of the handballs would be unintentional i don't think reese james intentionally wanted to push the ball out of the net definitely but sort of having your arm in that unnatural position and um, moving it towards the ball, definitely, I mean, I can see why the referee gave a penalty, but to give red cards like that would really like sort of, like you said, uh, slow down the game or like change the course of the game for sure. Yeah. Because like a penalty is not that much of a game changer, but a red card is definitely a game changer. Yeah. And I think from Liverpool's perspective, they would be more disappointed, I guess, with the, with the result. I think they could have. I mean, if any title team, title as like any team with title aspirations, you'd want to you'd want to finish off a game, especially with Chelsea that vulnerable. I think yeah. even at Anfield, that, that was their best chance to sort of finish Chelsea off. But I think Chelsea were the better team on the day, given the course of events that happened and they deserved more i mean they were more deserved of the result definitely i mean but one almost near perfect defensive performance i mean nothing could yeah. really do about the the penalty obviously but silenced Mane, salah and elliot i think elliot had a good game in terms of just seeing his touch his uh distribution and stuff like that but in terms of opening up the game he couldn't and that was purely due to christensen rudiger yeah. having yeah one of the best, uh, one of, a really good match, to be honest. And, and Rudiger, like, he's just a master of the dark arts. You know, I mean, he knows, he knows. I, I saw in this interview quite a while back, I think they were asking um, Rudiger about his Chelsea teammates. And one of the questions the interviewer asked him was, like, who would um, Rudiger like as his partner? And he picked Pepe without even thinking the worst. So he said he, he likes Pepe style, despite the fact that, you know, he may be instigated at times, but. I mean, sometimes you need a player like that in your team, really. And like, he definitely looks reinvigorated under Tuchel, for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. La. I see that yeah. as well, yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I would rather speak about Chelsea's performance. I think, they, I mean, they were the talking point, for sure. And in terms of um, Lukaku, I think he had tested the defence in the first half, right? Um. He looked more of a threat against Matip because Matip is the type of defender who likes to sort of, uh, you play off him. So he would try to get close to you and nudge the ball off you. And I think that's Lukaku's strength. If you get close to him and try to challenge him 50-50, I think he can push you off the ball or turn you very easily. But what Van Dijk does is smart. You see, what Van Dijk does is he gives you all the space to run into. Yeah, he isolates. Exactly. He closes you down quickly, like he he gives you a space to run into, but it's sort of he lures you into a false sense of pretense and uh, pretense, and he hunts you down. 
and sort of snuffs out the chance. So in that way, I guess it's a bit smarter in his place. So you've got Matip who's, who would prefer to get closer to the striker and nudge you off the ball. And you, you have someone like Van Dijk who sort of lures you into spaces which he would come out on top, sort of. He would dominate in that sense. So he won't like just simply get close to you to try to get the ball off you. He would give you that space, but he would try to sort of run you out of the game or, or, posi- or beat you positionally. I guess Van Dyke would beat you positionally in that sense. Yeah, definitely. I saw I saw him pushing Lukaku out to the right, <laughs> yeah. to the left. And, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, no, Van Dyke has this technique. Yeah, Van Dyke has this technique, really, that I think it's very, very underrated. What he does is he you you don't see him running after players that much so what he does is he moves back and sort of pushes you into a position where he know he can dominate you so he might let you run down the wing so that you know you get snuffed out by the fullbacks or something like that or he he takes his time in in, in a way of like hunting you down you know he would sort of bait you first like throw a bait and then he would hunt you down i mean this is experience line and also i think that was what was missing definitely last year isn't it i mean that that's sort yeah of... yeah definitely that's sort of dominance for liverpool i think they definitely missed it but yeah. it, I, I i i still think the squad lacks a bit of depth because besides jota off the bench for Firmino, you got minamino and Ori, origi which i mean they haven't played enough over the last few courses of the season for them to be you know even threats along i mean Comparing to City, Al, I mean, they had Sterling and Mares on the bench. Yeah, that's different. Frightening. Depth is that's frightening. Crazy, De, De Bruyne didn't even play. Yeah, De Bruyne didn't that's, even that's... play. Good point. Good point. <laughs> so I guess moving okay. on from that, Al, I just want to like move on to the blue half of Merseyside. Right, Ooh. with Everton. I mean, silently doing their work, eh? Yeah. Is Benitez like sort of a shot in the dark? Is Benitez like a spark here? It could be, it could be. I know it's early days, but it could be. Early days, yes, definitely. Early days. But yeah, I just want to give mad props to Everton. I think they had a um, sort of perfect, near perfect performance, of course, getting the clean sheet and getting the goals. But Everton look a lot more organized under under Rafa Benitez, I can can say. Defensively, they look a lot better. Because one thing I want to point out, Al, here, is that Pickford has had three games, I think, with clean... No. Uh, okay, the last game was a clean sheet, but Pickford hasn't looked sort of defensively suspect that he had yeah. with Everton over the past few seasons. I think the, the Pickford that plays for Everton and the Pickford that plays um, with England is, I mean, you can see this. Two, two very contrasting players. I think Southgate Not is dodgy smart anymore. Yeah, because I don't think Pickford is that that that. That, that keeper that's going to be like Edison and just like literally stroll out the box and, you know, spray di- diagonal anytime. I think Pickford has good passing and kicking, but I think in terms of playing out of the back, I don't think it's safe for Everton. So that's something they changed over the weekend. They, they, they go long nowadays a little bit more, and I think they're using the aerial presence of players like um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin and probably Richarlison. Yeah, so defensively, they look solid. And Pickford looks a lot more comfortable in this system under Benitez. But also props to Demarai Gray and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Obviously, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, good hold-up play and like basically escort 
the last three games. So he's been on target for the last three games. And that's what you want. You want your striker to start the season strong. And Dumanai Great looks a different player from the one I saw at Leicester. And the one that went out on loan, if I'm not mistaken, to... I'm not too sure, but obviously he's not had a stable run of games and form in terms of playing for Leicester and stuff. But, I mean, he started the season really well. And the Marai Gray and Dominic Calvert-Lewin, they were under-21 buddies. So they played for England under-21 together. And they mm. played well for England under-21 together. So that could be a partnership to look out for this, this season. The Marai Gray and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I think that's I mean, what I got out of that. Yeah, it's yeah. what you expect with a with a Rafa sort of a team. I think we yeah, we yeah. didn't see this sort of. Tell me of what you think. Yeah, ability under Ancelotti last year. You know, I thought they were shipping in a lot of goals unnecessarily under Carlo yeah, Ancelotti, yeah. which is which is which was also shocking to be honest. Because Ancelotti is also, you know, he's an attacking manager, probably more attacking than Rafa. But what Rafa brings, but what Rafa brings to Everton is that. They look much more structured, organized. You know, let's not forget the earlier games. I thought there were mistakes. You know, Michael Keane made mistakes, but you know, apart from that, there's a lot of good in this Everton side. You know, and the best part is, I think, for a club of Everton, you know, like Everton, you know, they're silently going about their business. You know, players like yeah. Charleston and Dominic Calvert Lewin playing well together. You know, let's not forget. I thought Abdullah Dikore also was. Quite good for Everton. Almost scored a yeah. goal. And, um, you know, all-around positives. I thought a lot of those Everton players were just very solid. And Rafa with his classic 4-4-1-1. I mean, it's classic Rafa, isn't it? And so, <laughs> a, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of stability, you know, which we probably didn't see from Everton last season. You know, and, 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 you know, teams like Everton are one of those which tell you how far can they actually go. See, the good thing is, the good thing is, I think they've got an experienced manager who, again, very simply, is going to just bring you that stability, that defensive steel. You know, Rafa is, you know, we, we know his advantages. We know his style. And, you know, maybe that might suit a team like Everton. You know, because Everton for the last couple of seasons, they've not had that. I thought... Under Ancelotti, they were decent, but still they were very defensively suspect at times. And, you know, with these players... Almost, almost anti-Italian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anti-Italian. Holgate, Luca Dean, and, you know, Seamus Coleman also had a good game. And, you know, yeah, all, round, yeah. all round positives for Everton. And again, you know, how far can they go? Because they've been doing well, you know? I thought that over the course of the three games, so far it's been positives. The, the game against Leeds in match week two also, they were they were good, right? And uprising for the blue half of Merseyside, you know? And, and, and you know, again, it, when is the Merseyside derby? I think that's going to be a tasty clash because of Rafa coming oh, man. back. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, man. It's going to be banter between the fans. I mean, yeah, fans yeah, this I mean, season have been quite vocal, you know? Yeah, I think exactly, that, day, exactly. that day, our producer... I'm not going to name drop him in case he wants to stay in the shadows, but he sent me a clip of Arsenal fans singing, you know, oh, yeah, special. I <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I forgot what it was, actually. It was, um, wait, let me just find it here. But yeah, fans uh, have been really. We, we lose every week. We lose every week. You're not special. You're not special, right? Yeah, you're not special. <laughs> we lose every week. 
I mean, that was great, like, to be honest. Yeah, and Liverpool great. fans are going to have to have top-notch banter for, for Benitez, for sure. Yeah. You know, but yeah. it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. Because, yeah. I mean, Benitez, he's a household name, I would say, at this point in England. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, for him to go to Newcastle and sort of save them with, you know, all the issues that's going there with their management and everything. And, um... Yeah, him to be even at Chelsea at one point. I mean, experienced manager. He's been around. Yes, yeah, he's been get. around really. So, hopefully, he can give Everton some stability. I guess in that sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, may and once I think Everton gets that stability, like you see what David Moyes has done with West Ham, right? Now. Yeah, yeah. He's Good definitely given them that stability. Yeah, yeah. So that's that on Everton, guys. I mean. I think Everton will one of the teams to look out for this weekend, but definitely we'll see as the course of the season goes. But going into the, I think they got more positives than negatives to take going into the international break for sure. Yeah, definitely, sure. definitely. I mean, they're silently doing their job, you know. And I think, yeah. you know, without all this pressure, you know, that, that's good for a club like Everton. You know, let's see how far yeah, they can yeah. actually go. So yeah, I mean, speaking about Everton this now, definitely Benitez. He's been doing a lot of good for Everton, and of course, talking about managers, yeah, just 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 a little little sidetrack, uh, sidetrack point, you know, looking into the future and looking into things. The Brighton manager is, I, I rate him as well, and I think Graham Potter, Mister Potter, <laughs> Mister Potter, yeah, the the other Mister Potter, you know, performing mm. magic in Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> looking at Graham Potter, right? I mean, I do rate him. I think that what he's done for Brighton, that team, tactically, very sound manager as well. And you know what? Honestly, yeah. if I'm, at a, you know, I'm looking at the Arsenal situation, and if Arteta does leave, this could be a good shout. You know, I, I think that with someone like Graham Porter, with the players that Arsenal have, I think they would. You you'd see the difference of coaching style. You'd see Arsenal be a little bit more well drilled. So you know that could be a good shout. I mean, Arsenal must give him time. Think that, but Graham Porter, I do like him as a manager. I think that he's one of those yeah. managers who are tactically sound, you know, and, and even even someone good. like Eddie Howe. So. Yeah, Eddie Howe. Yeah, definitely Eddie Howe. You know, young managers like Graham Porter. I mean, Arsenal. I'm just thinking about Arsenal in the back of our head because we talked about the managers just now. Like, yeah, yeah. But, but do you think good. someone like Graham Porter could sort of? I'm. I'm not like. Um, Having a go at his management, I, this is purely in terms of, do you think he can manage personalities at Arsenal? Not, not, and, uh, and, and, and not just the players at Arsenal, Al. I'm talking about even the former players over there who have such a high standard, sort of, you know, like the Henrys and the, and the Ian Wrights. And, I mean, they, uh, they, they, they also bring sort of added pressure because they do still yeah, talk about funny. Arsenal. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, and they, I mean, they are from an era where they dominated, you know. So they, they sort of can formulate opinion on anyone, regardless of who you are. I think, I think definitely, with or without those comments being made by those Arsenal legends, moving to a club like Arsenal, and again, no disrespect to Brighton or any of Brighton's fans who are listening, but I mean, looking, looking at this, it's definitely going to be five, six step ups, and of course the the pressure is going to be really high. I mean, if he does come, you know, and then when, if this is a big if, of course, and whenever it happens, 
as we know Arteta is under pressure. But whenever whenever he this transfer, any manager for that matter, young manager Eddie Howe, someone in this category, it's going to be the pressure is going to be high. You know, you're going to get people like Ian Wright, who who you know he's been very vocal of Arsenal, eh, by the way. And yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you've heard this Jerry, and you've, you've been hearing about Ian Wright's comments and. You know, people like Thierry Henry also, whenever he comes on Sky, all of these people, they are, they are open yeah. to criticizing Arsenal, which, which, which is part of their job, obviously. But you know, this is going to be the, the test. And of course, Arsenal, that and also the pressure of the whole fan TV and the comments with social media. I mean, Arsenal fans, especially with the Arsenal fan TV, I mentioned this before, they are, they, they, they are part and parcel of the club. I mean whether or not any manager comes in and they are very much the, the the added pressure that a manager must have to take into account. But I mean, if you get somebody who's a young manager coming in, no doubt they have to give him time. You know, they have to give him time and, and Arsenal will need to be grinding out results. It's not going to be a direct, I come in and it's a quick fix. So I think, but, but having said that, definitely I think that if you get a proper coach into Arsenal, because... Yeah, I think that was I think that was Al's point basically. Brighton's yeah. coach being a good coach with experience and with a system that sort of works. Yeah, because we see yeah. that in Everton, and and of course. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think experience goes a long way, and definitely, I think this job was a little bit of a poison chalice for Arteta, but not a great first job to have. Definitely, a bit too much pressure for a first job. You know, I mean, leaving Guardiola sort of team that the management team I think he he should definitely like you see um, Lampard had to start with Derby you know yeah, Rogers had to yeah. start with Swansea a lot of these managers had starts with clubs on a lower level before they sort of made that big move you know I mean even Lampard with that little bit of experience we had with Derby you see he came to Chelsea and it didn't work you know but Chelsea yeah. didn't stick around with him you know I think there's a lot there in that sense but moving on now have the wolves lost their bike? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I tell you, another another enjoyable game, you know, and, and yeah, you know, yeah. don't don't let don't those who haven't watched. I think this I think game, I think I think Greenwood really bailed United out there. Yeah, to be yeah, honest. no, massive massive bail, massive bail. I mean, <laughs> Adamo Traore was was giving us Hulk and Iniesta box and office, Messi box office, <laughs> box office. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, and, and that player, Trin Chow, my God, what a player, man. Yeah, I yeah, mean, left-footed right winger. I mean, that's <laughs> always lovely to see. He had United on strings at some parts <laughs> of the first half, you know, and then... Yeah. I, I mean, mean, Adama I mean, was turning Fred. I mean, I pity Fred a lot, to be honest. I mean, yeah, he no. should not be he should not be left to deal with Adama Traore. That's what he <laughs> Yeah, no, massive, massive uh, physical difference there, obviously, but... but yeah. You know, Fred Fred embodies much more problems than Adamo Traore's muscles, you know, overpowering him. But of course, if you look at it, I thought Wolves had a had a very decent game. Um I think that if they had a little bit more cohesion in the front, they could have definitely made more of it. And yeah, you know, in I in the final third, basically. Just to kill off the chance. There was a worldly of a save that you know. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I should have been a goal. <laughs> I mean, cat like reflexes by the hair. It's almost like a throwback to the old hair. Yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, I mean, 
we we the Spider-Man trailer came out earlier before this other Spider-Man trailer because we saw some really texts <laughs> from David De Gea. But yeah, I mean Wolves. You see, I, I I thought I mean Wolves are gonna go far this season. You know, I, I'm I'm calling it out there. I think I do. Yeah, you see, can see a system under Bruno uh, Large. Can't you? Can't can see. see. You, that's why I think I think the theme of today's show is definitely all about managers, right? I yeah. Think, I think yeah. We can, we can see clearly what this manager is trying to do. You know, I think. He just needs to wait it out a few more games. I think once Raul Jimenez gets much more game time under him, you know, get much more match, match. I think he has the match freedom, but I think for a striker to get going once the goal starts coming, then of course it's better. And and Wolves were up for it, lah. Make no mistake. I thought from from the first five minutes they were all over Man United, you know. And I'm thinking, energy wise and fitness wise as well. Wise, yeah, definitely. And you know that's yeah. the funny bit. You think that Man United would be all pumped up, you know, over a new signing and all of these things yeah. and all of that. Roy yeah. Keane mentioned on halftime that you know, if luckily, I mean, he hopes Ronaldo is not watching. Otherwise, Ronaldo might just retract his offer and you know go back. To the <laughs> lab, go back. Yeah, to I ben- think I think Roy mentioned that. I'm sorry to interject here. Yeah, no, Roy, I think Roy mentioned that that I think United have been over reliant on individual talent. You know, with the likes of Fernandez and Pogba. Yeah particularly yeah. in that sense where maybe there's a little bit of a lack of cohesion in as a team as an 11 you know yeah i i just want to get your thoughts on this as well i mean seeing sancho's very quiet performance yesterday definitely yeah. we yeah. yet to see the best of sancho for sure but comparing his time at dortmund he played on the right wing and a uh, predominantly on the right wing but last year he sort of spent the end of his career at dortmund on the left wing and yeah. i think he, yeah. he had a really good partnership with haland there But with the managers at Dortmund, there was a very clear sort of tactics in in yeah. that sense and a system there. So you had build up play, you know. I it, what I I didn't see yesterday was sort of build up play. It was more of pass it to the attackers and see what they can do. Obviously, that's a bit more of a free role. But in what 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 Sancho had in Dortmund was build up play in that sense where the team. Has a sort of system, and they religiously sort of stick to that attacking system, and they play sort of very much like on the front foot, high pressure, high press, attacking in attacking in troops, you know, in in, in I mean hunting in packs, sort of sort of a thing, and, and that really sort of showed his prowess at Dortmund. Do you think there's a difference there when he plays for United? Oh, yeah, the, I think I think definitely. Ole has done a lot of good. Let's just put it out there. You know, I, I, I don't want to get on his back, but you could see again the coaching abilities of that team. Whenever you get games like Wolverhampton Wanderers and so on and so forth, you could see the limitations. I think, of course, I'm not also going to get on Jaden Sancho's back. I thought that it's his first start, you know, in in a lot of ways, and I think playing with somebody like Haaland, who who you know is You know, Jaden Sancho knows Haaland's runs. He knows Haaland is primarily going to be a yeah. Haaland is a box. force of nature, man. He's really yeah. just a force of nature. Yeah, inside the box, sort of a player. I yeah, mean, Sancho. Yeah. I thought I thought Sancho was 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 average at best, but I'm not going to get on his back. I think it was his first start. Probably needs a bit more time. But yeah, you know, definitely. Again, with with the players that Man United have, the, the my my issue is this, right? And I'll get to the Fred part very quickly. But my issue is that if it were to be a Tuchel, if it were to be a Guardiola, a Klopp, with this with this sort of players, you could see 
Man United actually really stamping their authority and identity very clearly week in, week out. Right? Yeah, maybe now, not allowing Ole... Wolves that sort of foothold in the game, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, with with yeah. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, it's there sometimes, it's there, it's not there sometimes. And of course, we didn't see it over the weekend. I thought Man United, you know, they, they, they nicked one at the... At, at somewhere near the end, of course, I think 70 minutes or something like that. But overall, they were very, very average throughout the game. And, you know, one of the... one so Speaking by average, one of the more average players for the Man United team was obviously Fred. I think... You know, the thing about Fred is that Fred and McTominay work well together. But if you take one out from that double pivot, the other one can't function. You know, we see that yeah. a lot. And, and I think yeah. Fred... I, I've been saying this and it was so evidently clear against the Liverpool game last season. This guy, whenever he's pressured around him, he cannot pass out from the back. You know, it, it's it's a real big problem, you know, especially when Man United are such a transition team. You know, they are an attacking team and, and they transition from midfield right up to the front very quickly. But when you've got a sort of like a block in the system in the middle, you can't transition as quick. You know, when Pogba, yeah. Pogba plays yeah. in front, you know, in the middle of the park. And, and obviously, you need Pogba a little bit much more front, you know, playing with Fernandez and Greenwood and all, all of those likes, you know. And with Pogba and Fred in the middle, I thought that we were a little bit more stagnant, you know, which, which of course, you know, if, if I, which is another point I'd like to bring up. I thought Ruben Neves was also fantastic for Wolf, you know. I yeah. thought he was... Hey, did, you, well. did, did, you, did you see him go for a little bit of the greenish barnet there? Yeah, no, he's trying to grow his hair. And I'm thinking to myself, I thought that against uh, Spurs, he was he was not that great, you know, but he was, right. when he was against right. Man United, and, and you know, I, I'm thinking to myself, my goodness, I would, you know, Man United would do so well with a player like Ruben Neves in midfield for them, yeah. right? Yeah. Behind, behind your likes of your Pogba's and your uh, Bruno Fernandes, because you know, he can play from the back. You know, Fred needs McTominay to play from the back. With Fred and McTominay, that's a decent double pivot. You know, I know I know people go on about N'Golo Kante's and all of these things, which are, of course, on another level. But when the both of them play, Man United are decent. But the, when, when one doesn't play, and you know, McTominay is out, they really look like they cannot play from the back. But I'd say this, though, if you want to talk about positives for Man United, because I did see a lot of positives for Wolves. I think it's just going to be a matter of time where they actually come in and score and win and so on. Because, you know, they, they looked good. It's just that I thought the attacking cohesion was not, not that much there. But Trinchao, your Adama Traores, your Raul Jimenez, one, once, once they start banging in the goals, I think Wolves can go far. So, But I'd like to say that if you're talking about positives, I thought Rafael Varane was good for Man United. He was solid. Oh, yeah. Busy day at the office, but solid. Yeah, no, busy day at the office, definitely. But I thought that, you know, we we I can't really make a comparison with Lindelof yet, you know, just to be fair. Yes. Because just to Wolves, be fair, because it's the first game, I guess, in that yeah, sense. Yeah, Wolves were... Wolves didn't pose a physical threat apart from Adama Traore, right? But and but, I, but what I did see with Varane is that I saw the the smartness in the game. I saw the correct yeah. position. The and the pace as well. I mean, I, I thought he acclimatized yeah. the pace very quickly, considering exactly, exactly. That, that, had a that's, a good point. that's a good point. Yeah. And I thought that I didn't, I, I never once saw him, you know, struggle, you know, 
I thought some of the other team, I thought Luke Shaw didn't have the best of games. You know, Aaron won Bissaka, didn't have the best of games, but I thought Varane was solid. I thought that he yeah. read the game very well. So that's, of yeah. course, a positive. But, you know, Man United has got to do better. Lah. And again, again, we, we, we spoke about this at length the other day. And Ronaldo is going to be definitely adding goals. But, you know, the, the problem is in the midfield. I think if yeah. they're going to persist. Definitely, with, definitely. Uh, Fred-related midfield, I worry for Man United because I, I, I don't, I can't see Fred making those simple passes correct because once he gets pressured, that's it. You know, and majority of teams play the pressing game today, Jerry. I mean, that's a yeah. modern, more or less a yeah. modern ethos already. Yeah, I, no, I think I think if United have more time on the ball, you can definitely see a little bit more of Fred's qualities. But I yeah, think if they're on the back foot, I think he's very vulnerable in the sense where you always see him sort of chasing the man and chasing the ball, you know? Yeah, definitely. But, but I mean... Just, just quickly, Al, I just wanted to ask you on this since you, we talk about the midfield here. So before we end, like, we just end on this. I just want to draw a comparison to Jorginho and Kante. Yeah. You know, when you're talking about McDominay and Fred, you see Kante is like a box-to-box midfielder. Mm-hmm. He runs all the time and he tries to hunt you down and sort of nick the ball off you. Whereas Jorginho more, he takes his time on the ball and he's sort of a deep-lying playmaker, you know. Yeah. So he's looking yeah. to open up the game from the back there. But you can see clear qualities in the both of them and they complement each other very well, you know. But when I was looking at Fred play yesterday, I couldn't directly point out something which he was predominantly good at, whether it's box-to-box, whether it's um, nicking the ball and, and, and being a nuisance like Kante, or whether it's opening up the game from a deep-line playmaker. I think with McTominay, I can see he's definitely attacking threat, and he definitely yeah. adds a yeah. bit of physicality to the midfield in terms of, you know, he can push people off the ball. I think McTominay against Neymar last year, I think, I think there was a space of 60, 60 seconds, one minute, where he fouled Neymar three times. I mean, he just did what was necessary to, to sort yeah. of foil that threat, you know, but... You see, with Kante and Jorginho, they're both very comfortable and very clear with what their roles are in the team. And they complement each other perfectly to the point where both of them are named as possible candidates for Ballon d'Or. I mean, yeah. that, that itself, should, I mean, it's a perfect example, I think, of a midfield that's fully functional and very aware of their their roles and their qualities, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, the, the one telling point that I can tell you this is this, Jerry. I mean, when... Kante doesn't play, and of course, if Yoginho has to play on his own, you don't see the limitations. You know, let's not let's we, we know that those two in Chelsea are definitely higher in terms of quality individually than Fred and McTominay. But I personally believe that Fred and McTominay need each other to function. Maybe McTominay not so much if Fred doesn't play. Like you mentioned, I think right. McTominay right. but Fred really looks limited without McTominay next to him. The power is more or less lost. But, I, but you can't say that about Chelsea's um, Kante and, and Jorginho. I think those two, quality aside, are, are definitely able to do more for the team if the other doesn't play. And, and I think that's, that's the other telling point. Because if you remember against Liverpool, I think Kante got subbed off quite early. I think, I think was, it, was it after the first half or... I'm not sure yeah. when, but, but, but you know, you, they, Yogino coped. Yogino coped and, and Chelsea coped. But I can't say the same about Fred, definitely. And again, this is where, and I don't know whether United are going to be still buying in the market, but 
if if again if you if you want to match up to Chelsea's level since you brought up those two players now i think this these two midfielders are definitely a great telling point because Paulo Kanté you know Jorginho they, they are so important towards the game of Chelsea and with Kanté whenever when he was playing in the first half i thought he was fantastic as well i think he was really good but yeah i mean man united's midfield the double pivot needs each other to work yeah. To to yeah. get maximum output, but but yeah, I mean, I could not see him playing out from the back yesterday, and that was a major problem. That was a major block. Yeah, you sometimes you need to be that link between the defense and the attack, and if you are a weak yeah. link, you're 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 putting vulnerability on the defense, and you're sort of not supporting the attack, and and sort of yeah, the, the the attack ends up being sort of blunt because there's no link between the defense and and and. and Yeah. Definitely something there. United fans do tell us what you think in that sense. I think that's a very good point that Al brought up there. The fact that you can probably have Ronaldo, Messi, Neymar all in the same team, but if you don't have if you don't address the problem, I think that United has now it probably is sort of a lack of quality in the midfield. And we're not talking sort of I mean, Fred is not a bad player. I think he he is a very smart player. I think he can work for a whole set of teams, but United are going to be under pressure a lot purely because of the investment they have in that team and the the gulf of talent they have in that team. So you sort of have to maintain those standards. Whoever yeah, but, but, you are. But, 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 but I'll say this though. I don't know which part of Fred is a Brazilian, you know, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> nah, just just kidding. Just oh kidding. man, throwing shit, Fred, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Freddy. Yeah, I think oh, I, it, even the name good. Fred is all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe he's missing the inhole. He needs an inhole. <laughs> yeah, Fredino, Fredino probably would be like a better player. No, but 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 in all seriousness, I think you see. I mean, I would point up Fred's physical qualities, but you gotta be Angolo Kante to make like a, a five foot player work in the league. You know. <laughs> yeah. No. Definitely. Yeah. 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 But I guess that, yeah. That that's all. We have much time for, I guess, in terms of the main discussion today. Do let us know, um, whoever's listening, or what you think, and and definitely we will see. I guess we will see what United can sort of how. I I guess that is a good problem for Oli to have, because if he can overcome it, it's just going to make the team better. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And we'll definitely see if Ronaldo coming does lift, elevate the performances of everybody, and I guess. That's that in terms of all the games. I just want to give a few honorable mentions to Spurs and Watford. Obviously, Spurs getting the win with a one nil. Um, a free kick floated in by Son, which ultimately caught the keeper out. I think solid performance by Spurs in terms of keeping that result. And looks like Loris is going to be leading the clean sheets for this season. So, this season's keepers. <laughs> yeah. Another honorable mention to Southampton and Newcastle because with two two draw over there. Leeds in Burnley, um, Bamford with his post-match press conference saying that uh, James Tarkovsky tried to use a jiu-jitsu move on him to stop him. Burnley getting more smoke on the fact that they're a bit rough than the way they play. <laughs> and um, yeah, West Ham and Crystal Palace. I think I think props to West Ham. I think Antonio looks really strong this season. He's leading the score charts, one of the top scorers in the league. And also a shout out to Crystal Palace. Who finally got a little bit of a result, I guess, under Patrick Vieira. We're looking to yeah. see more of them, and with the young Chelsea boy Conor Gallagher getting the two goals, I think, 
I think that was a good game for the neutrals in that sense. Definitely West Ham are a team to look out for, Al, this season. Yeah, they are, they are. I think David Moyes has, has shaped a good West Ham side, you know, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of exciting, they, they're also an exciting team to watch, yeah, mind you. I mean, it's not just typical British hoofball, you know, all yeah. over the... Yeah. It, it, no, they are ball-playing Yeah, no, West Ham are exciting. Make no mistake out of that, you know, and, yeah. and players like Mikel Antonio, your, your uh, suit like Ben Rama, Pablo yeah, Fonals, ben Rama yeah. Yeah, what a player, Ben Rama, what a player. And yeah. they're a good team to watch. And, and I'm looking forward to see West Ham take on the sort of big teams, you know, and how they're mm-hmm. going to fare against them. You know, and, and also, Aston Villa-Brentford was also a good game over the weekend. Yeah. yeah. End-to-end stuff, you know. Brentford also, again, since the team of today's show is more on coaches, you can see when a team is drilled well. It's very evident in today's game, you know, especially... Yes. Yeah, Buendia, what a goal by Buendia. Though. Yeah, what a goal. <laughs> getting getting started, opening his card, hoping to see more from him, I guess, in that sense. Yeah. Obviously, Norwich losing to Leicester over the weekend. Mm-hmm. We yet to see the best of Norwich. Leicester as clinical as they always are. Yeah. A bit yeah. defensively suspect with Soyuncu there at one point mm-hmm. because uh, he gave away that, the penalty, that's, definitely. That's odd, yeah. because I thought Soyuncu's usually, as per his, his solid self, yeah. but... Yeah, but it's he's still a young player, and we get to see yeah, how yeah, he yeah. sort of because you know the league doesn't get easier mm. the more you play, the more you play, the harder it gets, and 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 only the best persevere. You know, I think in Van Dyke's first second season, he was quite comfortable, but that title winning season, his third season, he was tested a lot. You know, and that's where they had to yeah. grind up the results. You know, yeah, so yeah. It only gets but, harder. Yeah. It only gets harder, you know, like with, with players like Varane as well. I mean, it would get harder for him, but it's how they can persevere. I guess perseverance is key, especially in England, because it almost looks like the pace and the standards of the PL increases every year. I mean, mm. you get younger players coming in, um, younger players playing for smaller teams who are able to sort of set the tone in terms of energy levels, you know. I guess you got to... You gotta be a good old Uncle Milner to be able to handle all that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why I guess the Premier League is the most uh, competitive league out there, isn't it? I mean, yeah, don't listen to anybody else, guys. You know the English Premier League's better, <laughs> the best out there. <laughs> that's why. That's why we do this every week, and that's why we love the beautiful game. So that's all oh, we have time honestly. for, I guess this 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 week, guys. Thanks for listening, and uh, do comment and like and subscribe and let us know. Uh, what do you think about today's discussion? And we'll see you soon. Probably Ciao, this guys. week. guys. Take care. Or next Take care week. All right. Have a good international break as well. One week break. Yep. Take care. Ciao. Terima kasih.